please welcome from London, Johanna Coleman. Thank you. Welcome. Thank you. Hello, Rome. I hope you still have a bit of energy left for the afternoon. As designers, developers, and entrepreneurs, we have to find creative solutions. We have to make decisions. And we often try to see what's not there to understand the bigger picture. So I've been reflecting a bit on my ability to do that and connect the dots. And I invite you to join me on reflecting on how we actually go about this. I work at Sidekick Studios in London and do something you love with the people you love is our company motto. Sidekick does their own ventures, own startups, and we also offer consulting services that embrace a design-led approach with a startup mindset. And for me, working at Sidekick means that I can also take all the things that I love, combine them, and apply them. And for me, that is user experience, systems thinking, agile, and lean startup. And my background is in design and human-computer interaction. I work on League of Meals, and you can see me here cooking with one of our older collaborators. League of Meals is all about changing the way people cook for the better and reduce the food waste that's created by households. And we do this by being inspired about the knowledge and wisdom that older generations can bring and their attitude and how they cook. It's been a really interesting journey, and I think if you've done a startup, if you've started something, there's moments of excitement, there's ups and downs. When we found our older collaborators, I was standing on the street hanging, handing out flyers trying to convince them. We found them, and it was great. But then we learned the business model that we were pushing so hard to happen. We made it happen, and we realized it doesn't really work out. A few months on, and this is a visualization of our current product idea and business model. Two weeks old, already a bit outdated. So let's see if this one works. And for the journey, I was wondering, how do I decide what to do next? When do you actually know you have enough information to decide this is not working out? We have to change course. Stick to the vision, but try something else. When do you know it's worth persevering? This is so important, I can't let go yet. I want to try this again. Do we ever know enough? So I looked into myself and at my team and how we actually evolved throughout these few months. And I looked into problem solving, decision making, abductive reasoning and creativity from a cognitive science and psychology point of view. And I found that there's three things that impact how I decide what to do next that I want to share with you. And the first one is really my toolkit. I told you a little bit about my background, and I found the tools that you pick up in your education, in your daily work from a colleague, will influence how you actually approach a problem, a situation, or how you're trying to be creative. This is a tool, it's called affinity sorting, it's really simple. In this case, we tried to get all the ideas in our head out there. I just took an index card, on the front I scribbled the idea, on the back I made a little sketch. And then we looked at everything that was there and saw what is related, how we put that into groups. Can you name these groups? Can we create hierarchies? 
So this way of making sense is something that I did a lot as a researcher, but now I also apply it to generating ideas and making sense of them. A second tool is called an experience map. So if you work in user experience, you will have come across it. This one is um, by my friend Chris Risden from Adaptive Path. An experience map really helps you think the human experience through. In this case, it's a customer journey about travel. Think about when you're traveling. You will probably decide where to go, do a bit of planning. Then you book your tickets. You do a bit of planning just before you leave, and you pack your suitcase. You go enjoy the travel experience, and then afterwards you might show me a photograph and tell me how it was. Of course, if you do a trip around the world, it's different, and it takes longer. If you just visit your grandmother, it's much shorter. But we can abstract that and think about what is the experience actually like, put it on a timeline, and then map everything else against it. So I learned from this that putting things in a context of time helps me to understand things, and I've applied this ever since. A very different one that looks much messier is this one. It's called a rich picture, and this is actually from systems thinking, so I think it's from the 1970s, probably. It looks messy, but it's actually quite structured if you try to do one. The green post-its in this context are all the actors and stakeholders in the system for me that is League of Meals, our venture. And you just brainstorm who is there in your context, it can be your customers, your colleagues, clients, stakeholders, or it can be a non-human actor like a database. And you then consider what are the roles that they have, the official ones, but what are the unofficial ones that they just assume? What do they say and think? And how are they connected to each other? Are these connections causing conflicts? What would happen if you would draw and enable a new connection here? So it's a tool that helps me to understand how things are related. It's a tool for empathy, because it allows me to step back from where I am in that system, see everybody else, and assume their perspective and think, who are they connected to? What do they know? So I like to make sense of things by trying to understand the connections and empathize with everybody who plays a role. This is called the Business Model Canvas by Alexander Osterwalder. If you're not familiar with it, in a nutshell, it's showing you how a business, your own or your clients, delivers customer value. And on the right-hand side of the canvas, it's all about your customer segments, the value you're offering to them, and how you interact and communicate with them. Something I'm quite familiar with, coming from user experience, that's my chosen perspective. However, on the left-hand side, it's more about what the business needs to do, the key activities, the resources that you need, the partners and what their role is, what costs are being created. I love this tool because it is like a visual checklist and by laying it out as a canvas, it helps me to combine different perspectives, in this case, the one of the customer and the one of the business. We've used this a lot as League of, in League of Mills as a prototyping tool to play with ideas. And the process we've been applying is Lean Startup, as trademarked by Eric Reis. If you're not familiar with it, I can summarize it by showing it you the key process that happens, which is build, measure, and learn. Build is all about making your idea happen. Get your product out there as quickly as you can, in what form ever. You don't have to build the whole thing. And then measure the feedback that you get. And then look at what you've learned. 
look at the data and try to understand what have we learned and what can we do next. It's a different way of thinking that was given to me by applying this because it's a lot about learning. That's what Lean Startup is grounded in. And it's about what do I know now at this moment in time, but what are my assumptions? What do I think I know, but am I actually right? And what do I need to know next to move forward? What's the best way to find out? And what is the quickest tool that I can use? Because in startup land, you have limited time, you have limited resources and limited money. So it helped me to understand better what tool to pick and how to move forward, but it kept me learning because for measure, for example, I've learned new ways to look into web analytics data and make sense of that. So I'm talking about different perspectives, so user experience in my case, agile, lean startup and others, and it matters because a person's ability to contribute improves if she can see a problem in multiple ways and if she can apply diverse heuristics. The guy in the picture is Scott Page, and in this book, The Difference, he writes a lot about our ability to solve problems and understand the situation and also be innovative by these perspectives that we can apply that often come from our education or from tools that we've learned. And this brings me to my second point, which is collaboration. Scott Page talks about how we work in teams. And there's this notion of a balanced team that we have at Sidekick, which is all about trying to combine different skills, having somebody from design strategy, having somebody who understands engineering, somebody from the business side. When you look into startups or other well-rounded teams, it's often trying to bring these skills together, not necessarily as like three people, but as a well-rounded team, you will cover all of these skills. And I agree with that. As a designer, if I bring an engineer into the process early, I will get a different perspective, and we will come up with a different solution that's probably better than my own. However, Scott Page talks about something different, which is cognitive diversity. And what he means is your standard go-to approach when you try to make sense of things. I showed you my tools, and when you look at them, you see, you know, I, I like index cards, and I scribble on big post-it, and I print out these canvases. Well, I'm a kinesthetic, a tactile learner. I like to walk around when I have a meeting, and I like to make physical things happen. I like to arrange things to understand them. Somebody might be more of a visual person. You might work with somebody who's very good with words. However, what if you're working with somebody who's very fast-moving? He tries to make things happen. You yourself, you need more time to do some research. You don't jump right in, you're a bit more considered. I think these kind of preferences, how we choose the tools, but also how we are comfortable, is really interesting in working as a team. Because it can be quite challenging, it doesn't always work out. And working in a cognitive diverse team can be very uncomfortable. You might be challenged to change the way you communicate. Or your colleague will suggest an approach or a tool that is hard for you because maybe you are not visual or maybe writing is not your thing. But still, try it out because this gives you different perspectives that create better solutions. The one thing that holds a team together, if it is diverse in skill set, attitudes, and their cognitive preferences, is vision. The purpose that you're working together towards. 
And the third thing I was thinking about is why do we actually sign up to a, a purpose? Why do you start this company? Why do you join this organization? Why do you think this is a leader you want to follow? Why do you feel part of this team and this cause? And this is values. Values represent our guiding principles, our broadest motivations. They're influencing the attitudes we hold and how we act. There's lots of literature out there about values, but I'm giving you a very simple kind of way to thinking about them. There's intrinsic values and extrinsic values. Intrinsic values are values that are inherently motivating to pursue. They come from within. And this includes social justice, affiliation to friends and family, caring for others, creativity and self-acceptance. Extrinsic values are coming from the outside, so it's reward and approval that you can get from others outside of yourself. And this is, for example, wealth, success, recognition from your peers, social status and power. And it's not as if the intrinsic or the fluffy values are the good ones and extrinsic values are the bad ones. We all hold all of them. We just weigh them differently. And it's been interesting for me to understand how these values influence my gut feeling. Because I'm thinking about the process and the tools I use, but sometimes it's intuition that generates the spark. And reflecting upon these values, I realized that I have this daily conflict. Self-acceptance and having no ego for me is key to collaborate with others. However, I also need acceptance from my peers and feedback. As a company, you might have a very intrinsic motivation and value that holds it all together. However, you have to weigh that up with extrinsic motivations because these are often the ones that give us money, that give us contracts, that bring the clients to us. So when working on League of Meals, it was interesting as a team to really debate, why do we care? Why are we here? And how are we going to pursue? So when we had to decide what to do next, it was key to lay this out open. Framing your values is something that is very difficult because many organizations have a deeper purpose. But if you would try to communicate that very easily, it can be quite challenging to get it across. It's often more embedded in your actions than in your words. So bear that in mind. And I hope that I will get better at actually framing my values and really expressing why I do what I do and why I care. So for connecting the dots, these are kind of my reflections on how I make sense of things. And I want to leave you with three takeaways in the end. First, enhance your toolkit and explore new perspectives. It's good if you have the go-to tools, but try new ones and keep it playful. In a team and in your own work, even if you are short on time, go out and learn something new. And I think this conference is really good to show you a few new ways of thinking about things and things you want to try. And seek out people who approach things differently to you. Of course, work with other disciplines. But really embrace it if somebody challenges you so much because they're just different to you. Because it can be so valuable if you actually work together really well. Be patient and see what they bring to the table and be open to try out things. And finally, reflect on what grounds you, individually and as a team. Because I feel when I'm reflecting on process versus guts and is Lean Startup making me too scientific, often it is about taking a leap. You know, you're trying something new. 
And then staying grounded in your values will inspire your vision and I hope will also train your intuition to see what's not there and see what the others don't see. And I'm leaving you with a list of resources. So the tools that I whisked over, if you're interested to looking them up again, here they are. Thank you.